Hello everybody, and today I am joined by the amazing Ari of Ari Wolf Studios. Hi everybody. How are you doing today, Ari? I'm doing just fine. That's good to hear. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are and what you do. So I'm, I go by Ari and the Furry Phantom. I'm 27, single, uh, computer electronics guy. I also do photography. Um, I live in the Detroit metro area. Um, nice little suburb out here. Uh, I work for a science company that we deal with, like, really cool science-y things that are very, you can't really talk about them, but they're really cool, just like science. Uh, that's my D job. All right. That's good. Um, so what got you into the furry community? So the ability to be creative and use my talents as far as photography, computer, IT, um, creativity as far as like personas and how everybody has their own unique persona and not every single one is the same. Um, I also, you know, utilize my talents to help other furries as far as IT stuff, electronics, um, fixing computers or, you know, fans on a fursuit head or something. Uh, of course, providing pictures uh, to people for the social media. Uh, the community is also ex very, very accepting of people, which is something that I'd really like. Yeah, you know, that's one thing that, like, everybody I talk to says. It's so accepting. They're like a big old family, and just everybody loves it. So It's, it's it, awesome. It's good to hear that everybody feels typically the same way. Well, 99% of my friends are furries, so that says anything. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. It's a wonderful it place and a wonderful time. Uh, so what keeps you in then? Is it typically the community and your friends that keep you in, or is there some something else that... So mostly my, mostly my friends and the ability to actually be able to be creative. I can, the friends that I have also help me... You're uh you're cutting in and out pretty bad here. Um, Am I? Yeah. I don't know if you want to repeat what you just said. It seems fine now. So my my friends in the community basically assist in the sense of um expanding my creativity and helping me be creative and seeing things that I don't just usually see. You know. Okay. All right. Good to know. And um. In the furry community, I know you do a lot of photography for people, mm -hmm. um, both for yourself and I know you like helping out friends, including myself, you know, done a little photo shoot at a con and whatnot. Right. Uh, so where did your love of photography come from? So when I was a young kid, um, I always liked being able to capture different kinds of pictures. So be it wildlife, landscapes, or just things around me in general. Uh, living in the city, there's always interesting things to capture. Uh, fast forward to high school, um, I took two photo classes, uh, photo one, photo two. Uh, in those classes, I found that using a single lens reflex XS, uh, SLR camera, which is film, if anybody knows what film is, uh, um, I found that and would use this and really got to like shooting in black and white film and color film and being able to create composition. Um, so... After taking the classes and then fast forward into college, I happened to be at Best Buy and picked up a, um, a Canon T5i, which was the digital version of this. I was like, oh, cool. I can actually take pictures and I don't have to get it developed and I can see them in real time, like right after I take them. And this was awesome. So I got using that and I got even more creative. Um, fast forward to now, um, I used that basically until the shutter wore out on it. 150,000 shutter clicks will do that to a Canon body. Um, so since at that point after it wore out, I basically was like, I go to fur meets and fur stuff all the time, furry stuff. Um, I was like, what's on the market that I can buy that'll keep up with the annex of furries and capture these awesome moments that you guys create that are just amazing. So I decided on the Sony, the A6500, and it's by far been the best for every kind of everything I shoot, portraits, wildlife, landscapes, and even furry events. Okay. Uh, so... To kind of rewind back in your childhood, were you always the kid? Like, anytime you went anywhere, did you have one of those wind up disposable cameras on uh, you? Not, I had, eh, not really. I just carried a Sony. It was a Cybershot 1.3 megapixel. 
took double A's in a, the original memory stick. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, and then I and then I upgraded in high school to a T seventy seven, which was sixteen megapixels, I believe, which is better quality. But mm-hmm. yeah, I always had some kind of camera or something on me. Okay. Uh, now you do a lot of photography. Do you also do videos? I don't really do videography. Um, that's not really my thing. I'll shoot video with it, but I don't. I don't really do that kind of stuff. I'm more just a straight photographer. Okay. Um, so you mentioned your uh, current equipment a little bit. Um, how much does something like that cost? What's what's like your current setup run? Oh man, um, I believe I'm just cresting five thousand dollars in the current setup. Is that just for the body and lens, or is that I know I've seen you have a couple uh, external flashes before, and I'm guessing you probably have some like uh, light filters and whatnot too. So the body, I bought the body with the kit lens at the time, the 6500 with their kit lens. It's a PZ, I think it's a 70 or something. It, it's not a very good lens. The kit lens that comes with the 6500. It was 1500 and some change. Um, my go-to setup, basically cost-wise, would be the, the 6500, which is like 1500 bucks, and then my 161.4, which is another, I think I paid 500 for that lens, but it's a prime lens, So which, meaning, which means it's fixed focus. So it only is one, like, it's fixed focus. You can't adjust it like an 18 to 35 can be adjusted. Okay. <clears throat> that you call prime lenses. All right. Um, so why, why would you want a prime lens instead of an adjustable one? Is there any benefit so to that? The prime lens is you can usually get into your, your lower aperture, so your 1.8, 1.4. Uh, Canon makes the 85 1.2L lens, which is amazing. Um, but they, they're faster focus for one, they're insanely fast on the focus. And two, you don't gotta sit there and adjust the focus and get it just right. You just basically walk forward or back. It makes it a lot easier. Okay. So a lot more just point and shoot instead of yeah. point twist turn and right. Get it right. Okay. Uh, typically cheaper too then? Uh, no. Oh no. No. Uh, the, the 85 1.2, I think if I remember correctly, it's like $1,300. Oh boy. Yeah. That's that's a nice lens. <laughs> uh, so what is what is like your dream equipment? What would be like the ultimate goal for you to have? The ul- the ultimate goal for me, well, the ultimate goal for what I would really want is a Sony Alpha E9, which is their sports camera, which is fifty one hundred dollars. Um, for doing cons, the Sigma seventy two hundred two point eight. Uh, for wildlife, the one fifty to six hundred Sigma. Uh, sport lens, those are both their sport lens, so they're water sealed. Um, and then the Canon 28-105L lens, and of course that 85 1.2. Okay, so as far as the equipment is, it sounds like the lenses are much more important than the body itself is. Not always. Um, so you can, as a beginner, get like what I had a T5i, decent body. It's all about the glass, really. So if you go and get entry-level glass you're not going to have as good of a picture as, say, a, a, a Sony G Master lens, a Datus lens, or, like, a Canon L lens, or the Nikon, the Nikkor stuff. All the Nikkor lenses are amazing. Okay. Um, and then the new Z, Nikon Z, uh, the Z67, their lenses for those are really nice as well. Those are their mirrorless. All right. Um, now, are there lenses that are kind of made for a different thing, or is... Like, is one lens good for, like, landscape, and then one lens is good for uh, capturing, like, a high-speed motion, kind of like a sporting event or a dance competition or something of the sort? So, when you're doing portraits, you want to be between a 50mm and, like, a 135. Really, it's a 50 to 105. 135 is pushing it. Um, For shooting, like, when I do cons, I have a Sigma 18 to 35 1.8 art, which is my go-to lens for cons. Um, it's phenomenal for doing portraits, for taking video, for just about everything that I do at a con that I need quick focus for, and I need to capture the action quick. Um, that's also a good starter lens as well. Okay. Um, so good starter lens, typically something that's good all around, not necessarily really amazing in one area. Right. All right. Um, yeah, basically. So you start out, you get a starter lens, and you go from there, basically. Okay. Most camera bodies you buy will have a lens that comes with it. 
Yeah, it's probably not the best lens, I would imagine. No, it's not. It's, yeah. Um, have you had any uh, photography education outside of the high school classes you took, formal or just like watching YouTube videos and whatnot? So I'm self-taught in photography. Like I'm self-taught in computer technology. I'm also self-taught in lighting design. Um, so anything that I don't know how to do, I actually have research. So I'll go on YouTube or I'll Google, look at the pros and see how the pros do it. Or I'll go through Flickr and look at people's settings and then try and replicate that and then see, kind of give me a ballpark of where I need to be, you know? Yep. All right. Um, Definitely with today's online world, with information being so easily accessible, self-teaching is a huge thing now. Yes. Um, in photography, that's something that's good. Um, and always asking people for help. If you do not understand or don't have the concept or you are just lost or stuck, ask somebody. Don't be afraid to, you know, if you see me at a con or a meet, feel free to ask me, hey, how do I do this? Yep. Um, I would imagine, are there probably some, like, photography groups on telegram or facebook there i'm in a couple i'm in a couple on telegram um that are good there's one that i joined on facebook it's like a beginner photography group i just kind of lurk at the moment okay and see what other people are doing now i two three years ago i had gotten in the business of aerial photography photography and videography has that been anything that interested you at all I, I would love to buy a drone and do stuff with drones. That would be like doing photography with drones, like over the Grand Canyon or like up in the mountains would be sweet. Okay. Or, or like sunsets, like up high though, not looking on the ground, but looking up high and looking over mm-hmm. the horizon would look sweet. Uh, now, when you when you imagine like a drone photography, do you imagine like a big old DSLR camera hanging off a drone or something like a small GoPro on it? camera technology these days actually they make cameras i believe for that that are pretty decent uh dslrs are very heavy so drones have weight limits yep um and you got to work within the restrictions of the weight limits but a lot of people from what i see actually use gopros for that kind of stuff yep um that's uh what i entered in with it was uh just a gopro mounted on a gimbal so it was all nice and steady and everything nice and then the one we upgraded to from that was a big old it was a six thousand dollar setup it had a 5.2k camera on it with a zoom lens and it it was nice but it was expensive yeah that's yeah that's expensive that's that's like me buying like really expensive camera equipment just for fun yeah yeah um so what do you think some opportunities are for you as far as like aerial photography? What, what do you think you could do with that? Uh, Anything professional wise or would it be more like personal stuff? It would be like landscapes. So okay. shooting landscapes down South the mountains, um, catching that one bald Eagle shot that I've been trying to get for years now. Um, bald Eagle coming down, catching a fish out of the water with the reflection and then coming back up. Yep. That's something that I really am trying to get. I can't imagine how you would get that without being luck. above and everything. Yeah, it's all luck. Just being there at the right time. Um, have you how, have um, you been those people or not those people? But have <laughs> you done like the lightning storm photography as well? It seems like that's always a popular one. I did actually manage to capture lightning hitting a water tower. I was being a dumb person and stood underneath a tree at the time with my T5 eye and was able to capture it. Oh, that's nice. How did it turn out? Was that the only one you got? It was blurry, but I got it. Oh, well. Can't be perfect every time. Um, They actually make a trigger. Um, I don't know how many people out there are looking for, like, photo triggering, but they make a trigger... Um, that will capture lightning. They claim that it can capture lightning and capture things really fast. It's like a shutter trigger, but it's, it uses some kind of crazy infrared something of the sort. I saw it on I think, Kickstarter or something. Oh, that's interesting. So it somehow senses the lightning and then trips the shutter? Yeah, okay. it's pretty cool. It's like I think it was like $300. Oh, my. I was looking into possibly getting one, and it works with my Sony. So I need to work with Sony... Sony, Nikon, and Canon, and I think it worked with Fuji, the Fuji stuff, which is pretty cool, too. All right. 
Um, so what about back to going to equipment a little bit? Okay. You had mentioned a lot about the lenses, but what about like the portable lighting and whatnot? How so? So what I personally use is the Godox 685S, which is the S just stands for Sony. So the Godox 685 speed light. Um, and I also use the Godox. I think it's the XT flash trigger. Um, and then between those two, they're really good. The the speed lights are going to run you about 110. Honestly, they're the best ones I think on the market for the money because they're they're really really bright and they work wirelessly. The flash trigger, I think I paid 60 bucks for. You can get that all at, like, Adorama or B&H photo. Um, and then, like, they make these things called modifiers. Um, I use something from a brand called Magmod, and they're, they're silicone. I think you've actually got a chance to look at them there. They're silicone, and you put them on top with this magnet, this little ring that goes around the flash, top of the flash. Yeah, it's like a diffuser for the flash, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So they make the diffuser, and then they, they make it... It's called the mag spear and then they make the mag bounce which is a light bounce okay light bouncer so it bounces the light up into a right angle essentially um i use that most of the time at cons okay. that one more than the other one so i i've only seen your like external portable ones do you have ones that actually like uh attach to the camera itself those will actually attach to the camera. They go into the hot shoe. Oh, they do also attach. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've only seen you like set them on the ground or something. I like them wireless because I have more abilities to do things. All right. Kind of better control of your lighting situation. Right. The other thing that's out there too are called continuous lights. Um, they make them LED and they make them or they're, they go in different like Kelvin brightness ranges. So like I think it's like from 5,000 to like or 4,500 to like 5,500 or something. And they're LED and they're stand lights, so you can put them up and they just stay on. So you can use that to like create a, create a controlled lighting environment, which is really nice for in a studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually about to go there, asking if you had a studio at home or near home or. That's like gonna that. ha- that's gonna happen really soon. Okay. Really, really soon. All right. Do you have any? Do you have any standing lights right now, or is I, that to come? I yet? have a single Godox. Uh, softbox that I stick my speed light into, which makes it a standing light. Okay, all right, not bad. Um, so what what does it take to have a studio set up? Um, oh boy, that's a good question. Uh, patience for one. Um, c- controlled lighting environment. You got to have very controlled lighting, so you have no shadows. Um, you got to have backdrops, definitely backdrops. Um, you can get those. They're making all different patterns and colors and shapes and sizes. Um, the, there's a website that I found that sells, I think they're cloth backdrops for like 25 bucks. Um, and they're anything you could imagine. It's like going to Joanne Fabrics and getting like, uh, like fabric. Yeah. Like the fabric patterns. It's the same kind of thing. Okay. Pretty cool. Have you messed around with like a green screen or anything at all? I haven't. It's something I want to try. I want to try doing photography with a green screen. All right. Um, what about props and whatnot? Do you have any props Ooh, that you props. typically bring with you or ones that you would want to have eventually down the road? Fursuiters are phenomenal. They're phenomenal with props. Yep. Usually the fursuiters have props. The only thing I have right now is a, is a desk lamp that would be on like an executive desk okay. that, I, that I found someone throwing out at work. I snagged it. Um... But yeah, like fursuiters, when you're out doing stuff with fursuiters, they usually have props or something and you kind of work with them and you can like just think up think up things on the fly, which is what I usually do. Um, and I create different looks and things um, and help them achieve some good pictures. Right. Um, now, when you're doing these, um, not photo ops, but taking photos of, fur, of uh, fursuiters, do you prefer like more spontaneous photos or would you rather like set up a little small miniature photo shoot with them? Can you repeat your question? I was going in and out. When you go to a con and take photos of fursuiters, do you prefer Mm -hmm. like spontaneous spur of the moment photos or like setting up a small five, 10 minute photo shoot with somebody? I do both actually. Yep. Um, so spontaneous stuff is like the events that I do, um, that I jump in and do charity work for. Um, and then I also like at MCF, yes, I did, I did a couple photo shoots there and those were a lot of fun. Um, I do like doing like spontaneous photo shoots too, where it's like, Hey, let's do a photo shoot. I'm like, okay, 
All right. Like doing that stuff too. Because it's like spur of the moment and gives me a minute to just think on my feet and come up with cool stuff. Okay. Now, when when you do these small little photo shoots, how do you how do you come up with the poses and the ideas and whatnot for them to do? How do you so do? I I basically am like, okay, so I look at the first shooter and think, okay, let's take a uh, an angel dragon because they're adorable. Um, and I just sit here and think, okay, what does an angel dragon do? And I'm like, okay, so they'd be cute. So you just come up with interesting things with the suit itself, and you think, okay, how do I make this angel, angel dragon look adorable? Um, different poses. You know, uh, two hands. Am I cutting it out again? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties here, but yeah, we'll we're, we're having internet issues. It looks like. Um, lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, so poses. Okay. Yep. So a lot of fursuiters because they're adorable. I get them to do the two, like the cute two, the two paws on the chin thing, and kind of tilt the head. Uh, that's one of the ones that I tend to do a lot of. Um, sitting down and kind of looking up at me like a dog would look at me, like till till it's had a little bit. I, like um, also, if I'm doing like two suitors, I'll have one like kneeling down, and the other one, and I'll have the one on top. It's snoot in the on top of the other person's head. Okay, uh, those t- those tend to be cute in between the ears. Um, I just kind of think of things on the fly, honestly. All right. Um, so do you plan on, <clears throat> sorry about that. That's okay. Do you plan on doing like commissions or photo ops for people as like, um, a business plan at all? I would love to do commissions and photo ops for people. Yes. Okay. Um, I actually do do commission, like paid photo shoots. Oh, all right. um, that's something that I actually do do. So like for shooters, um, cosplay, senior High school senior pictures, college senior pictures. I do that kind of stuff. Um, I'm really, really, really cheap as far as that goes pricing-wise. So my prices are going to be completely lower than what you'd see anywhere else. Okay. Um, though, though if you see me at a con or a meetup, definitely come and say, hey, and I'll get some pictures of your shoot. I don't charge for that kind of stuff. All right. Is that all done through uh, your – I don't know if it's necessarily a business, but is that done through Aria Wolf Studios? All my cosplay first shoot stuff is done through Aurora Studios. All my professional stuff is done through Mikey B Studios. Okay. I guess okay. I just added my IRL name too. Oops. That's okay. Ah, oh well. Easier for people to find you, I guess, and like your work. Um I'm working on getting the smug mug up and going for Mikey B Studios. I just had this epiphany to start that like a week ago. So Okay. Um But um I do Stuff as well, like the or- there's an organization that Tycho, if anyone knows who Tycho is, um, that he's part of uh, Soka the Husk. You are uh, breaking up again. You cut out. They're out of. Am I cutting out again? Yeah, uh, you left off uh, with Soka. Okay, so Soka the Husky is part of this organization as well. Um, Midwest freelance mascots. We're basically a group of mascots that do charity stuff. Okay. Um, we're gonna be up at a. I think it's uh It's uh Saturday the eighth, the Relay for yeah. Life. Yeah, the re- we're gonna be up at the Relay for Life this tomorrow, actually, which will be the eighth. Yep. Um, it's there's a lot of people in here. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's I, gonna be phenomenal and lots of fun. I hope you guys have a very good turnout for that. And it looks like the weather is supposed to be good for that. It's supposed as well. to be in the. It's supposed to be in the seventies. Oh, only 70s for you guys? It's going to be like 85 over here. Oh, I feel bad for you. Too hot. Uh, So, eventually, would you like to get out of your day job business and more do only photo ops for a living? Is that like I, a goal of I would. Lo- I would love to get out of my day job and do photography for a living. Okay. The money, If the money's there, I'd do it. All right. Yeah. Um. Now, if you were to become, I, I don't want to like diminish what you are right now, but if you were to become like a professional, professional, like as your job, more would, of a professional, yeah, uh, would you have a crew beneath you, or would it just be uh, you running the whole show? I would definitely bring people on. I don't like to do everything myself. Okay. I have se- I have several friends that are wanting to get into photography with me, and 
I would definitely bring them on and hire them and teach them the ways of being a photographer. Okay. Would you typically have like a camera and lens for each situation then, or would it just kind of be what you have now with one, maybe two bodies and lens? So you, the way you're supposed to do is have two bodies, uh, one backup always. Um, but yeah, it would be basically, you know, you have your preference. If you shoot Nikon, shoot Canon, shoot Sony, that's your preference. Okay. Um, and then you'd have the decent, you know, decent setup. That'd be the goal is to have have enough equipment or build up the equipment to be able to be like, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the Relay for Life and shoot some charity work for uh, Midwest freelance mascots and just go do it. Yep. You know, or if we're doing a big thing at a con, have enough stuff to be able to shoot pictures there heck maybe some wildlife we're out and we're up in back and all over by where you're at and we want to just go shoot some wildlife mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> uh so that's a lot for the photography side but you also do editing right oh yes yep. yes um which do you prefer uh do you prefer the photography or the editing portion i i actually like both in a sense um shooting is the more shooting is a lot more fun than of course but it's equal because when you look back you're like ah i remember what happened last night and you just laugh it off because it was maybe a funny moment um the one thing that comes to mind with this is me and winner the snap were at uh mfm mfm event over in lansing and this this picture went around the internet um all the major furry um, like chat groups and whatnot. It hit iFunny. Uh, I think it hit, it hit Reddit too. It's this picture of Winter down kind of down low and the kid looking at her and I had gotten down low a little bit to capture the kid running to her and the kid is looking back at her in horror like, who are you? Like this whole like really scary, this kid scared like backing up into his mom, I think it was his dad, just okay. really scared. Yep, I, I recognize that image. Yes, I shot that. That was um, that's one of the that's one of the just funny moments that you have happen when you're doing mm-hmm. this stuff. When you look back, it's oh, that happened. Um, but yeah, the editing side's interesting because you can go through and do like add presets and make things look kind of. So sometimes you don't shoot things completely perfect. Yeah, that's what editing's for. Okay, you go back in there and fix it. Uh, so what is what's your editing rig like? What what do you use for that? It's not impressive at all, actually. Um, I got a Dell Precision 7510, which is Dell's high, their high-end, Dell's high-end business laptop. It's designed for working with CAD and like high-end, like that type of software. Um, so it runs an i7, six-gen i7. It's got 16 gigs of RAM in it, and it's running a four-gig NVIDIA graphics card. Um, I dock it to a Dell dock, and it docks to dual AOC 27-inch LCD monitors. Um, which helped me be able to see things. Yep. Because little screens, you can't see things. Now, um, for... then, sorry, continue. And then my my mobile, my everyday laptop, I'll sometimes use too. That's just a uh, E5570 Latitude. That'll okay. run Photoshop stuff too. All right. I know like, <coughs> video editing is super intensive. Is photo yes. editing also really intensive on the hardware? Or is it. Yeah, Photoshop is very intensive on a laptop. Um, the new version of Photoshop, so CC 2019, the minimum requirements are kind of scary. Um, you have to be, I think, in the 5th, 6th, 7th above, like, those processors, the Intel processors, so, like, the 5th gen, 6th gen, and above. Um, minimum 16 gigs of RAM, um, a minimum of 4 gig GPU. I would not use anything lower than that. Okay. So, so pretty high requirements just for photo editing. All right. right. Most gaming laptops that are above $1,300 can do it. All right. What, um, what software do you use? Do you use Photoshop then? Currently, I'm using Adobe Creative Cloud, which is horrible because they have all this crap in there. But I use Lightroom CC 2019 and Photoshop CC 2019. All Though, right. I was listening to an interview you did last week. Um, and the person you were interviewing mentioned Affinity Photo. Yep. And I'm actually working on switching over to that slowly okay. for, uh, Photoshop, for photo editing. Yeah, that's good. I was just about to mention that, uh, Zafir 
really does not like the subscription forum that Adobe switched over to a few years ago. Yeah, and they they actually have their TOS makes you they force you to use 2019. You can't use previous versions anymore. Oh, dang. Yeah, I'm sure with the subscription you always have to have the latest version. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Um, they make you do all this crazy stuff. It's it's really really bad. Okay. Um, how much time goes into editing like a photo? A single photo or like a set? Um, probably like a single photo and then a set. Like so, like average. a single like a single photo. I'll put five to ten minutes into one picture. Um, adjust everything so my contrast, white balance. If it's not there, the the highlights, the shadows. Um, I'll go in there and maybe find a preset that I have that looks cool. There's some in a in a very previous um, set that I did for where were we at? Uh, we were at a park. We went did a little firming up here by my house, um, and there were some that I actually did a preset, did some presets with, which were pretty cool. Okay. Um, cool. and then like a whole set, like so, like um, if I go to let's say like um. Like tomorrow, the stuff I'm gonna shoot tomorrow is probably gonna take eight hours because it's gonna be a lot weeding through it, making sure it's right, um, and then uploading. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to your uh, actual photo hardware a little bit. Okay. When you're doing like a long, all day or most of the day event, like a Furcon or the Relay for Life, how many batteries and how many? Um, oh boy. I'm guessing SD cards is what you use. Yeah, I use just. Your run-of-the-mill hundred meg read SD cards. Um, so I I carry a single one twenty-eight gig SD card that I can shoot a little over five thousand raw pictures with. Um, and then batteries. I'll go. I have ten batteries total currently. I'll go through maybe half that. Depends on how much I'm shooting. Okay. And for a typical event like the Relay for Life, how many photos? On average, do you think you get? I could fifteen hundred to three thousand, maybe. And how many of those are actually going to be good and you keep? Well, not good, but how many of them do you actually keep? How many get past the 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 initial? Uh, so there, I do I do it in two waves. There's the initial like going to Lightroom, and maybe forty percent of that um, gets into there, which isn't much 30 to 40%. And then when I go into Photoshop, the watermark, it drops down even more sometimes. So I'll go through and I'll be like, I don't like the way that looks or that's blurry or whatever. So So in the end, you shoot a thousand five hundred photos and almost instantly it's down to 500 or so. Right. Well, and I use the burst shutter. So the burst mode on the camera and, and then I just go through and pull from that, because right. um, when you're capturing, so if a kid's running up to their first suit, you're trying to capture the moment hugging the first suitor. So you kind of got to, uh, you got to time it. Yep. And burst mode is the best thing for that. Right. Not having to, I'm sure the burst mode can shoot a lot faster than your finger can. 99 shot buffer. Oh my. In raw. Yes. It's nice. The 89, I think is more than that. If I remember correctly. Uh, how do you feel about phone cameras like i know a lot of people will just whip out their iphone or their samsung or something like that and snap so, a few photos do you do oh, that anymore or do you always have I do. a camera with a you? little unknown fact the apple cameras actually use sony so they're good cameras okay. um i think the samsung phones the camera sensors are sony the actual sensor is but it's branded as a samsung um i do every once in a while i'll shoot pictures on my phone um now, I have an S9 Plus. It's an okay phone. It's decent. Um, the camera on it, they claim it's really good on low light. I don't... I'm 50-50 on that because I do shoot a lot of low light stuff. Um, but I, over if I had my Alpha with me, I'd rather shoot with my Alpha versus my phone. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, also, one thing I learned when I was getting into like the aerial photography thing was megapixels aren't everything from my understanding and that one of the guys was just like stuck on megapixel like the higher the megapixel the better it's going to be but no always do you want to like i'm really novice on that is there like any wisdom you have on that so if you're shooting video the lower the better on megapixels believe it or not um i 
if you're shooting photography, um, it's starting out 16 to 24 megapixels is decent um, for a camera. Uh, once you get up into like the Sony, the the R series, so the the A7 R3, that's a 42 megapixel body. So it's a full frame camera with a 42 megapixel sensor. That's designed for like shooting billboards or like really big prints. Yep. Um, the way it was explained to me was megapixels the amount of megapixels is just how easily you can zoom in on the photo exactly. without it getting blurry yep that's exactly right okay the nokia lumia 1020 which is a windows phone the camera on that phone is a it's a 42 megapixel uh sony zeiss optics um camera it effectively shot 38 megapixels on a cell phone oh my is... so you could shoot so you could shoot like if you're let's say at a fur con and you're at the dance or the rave and you're standing in the back where Adi's at you can shoot a picture of the stage and zoom in it, I feel like I remember that phone that was um it was a Windows phone wasn't it it was a uh, Nokia Windows yeah, so it, it ran the Windows, Windows OS yeah and it was like one of the first phones to have like a telescopic lens instead of a digital yes zoom. Yeah. yeah it was insane I almost got one almost I think I had wanted it, but I don't think Verizon had it. I don't think you could get it through Verizon. It was on AT&T only. <clears throat> yeah, that's probably what it was. You can pick them up for like 150 200 bucks, actually. Yeah. On eBay. Are they still good now, though? Oh, yeah. That camera is phenomenal. The really? camera side of it is good. The OS is outdated, but the camera is amazing. Yeah, I, I would imagine that like if you just want a portable camera around with you, just buy one of those. And... Essentially, you're buying a camera, and then the phone's just an added feature. Yeah. Yeah, that that's actually kind of an idea right there. Kind of almost yeah, a beginning the, setup. setup. It could but. be. It could be a beginner setup. Um, now, do you know if that phone had like any attachments that you could put on? Oh it? yeah, yeah. They actually they had a battery grip for it that had an actual made it like a pointer shoot. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and you could mount it on a tripod with a quarter twenty, the quarter twenty screw, and everything. Okay. Um, now I know you said you didn't, don't do much videos or anything is, would you like to get into the video portion or do you want to stay more photography based? I, there's some videos that I want to shoot. Like there's some music videos I want to do for with furries, but it's just a process. Mm -hmm. There's some songs that I would love to do shoot music video for with furries. I just don't have the ability to do it. Yep. The stuff to do it. Uh, the cameras that you use for video are a lot different than like a DSLR point and no, shoot, right? Actually, no? okay. My E sixty five hundred is the go to for video. Actually, oh, all right. I... The the combination of sixty five hundred with the Sigma uh, sixteen millimeter one point four, that's like the killer awesome video setup right there. Oh, that's, all right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. That I didn't know. I always see like all of these YouTubers that have like. They ADDs. look more like a actual video camera, not like. So, Casey, am I saying that right? Casey Neistat, am I saying that right? Uh, I don't recognize the name, so. He's a YouTuber. Okay. He, for the longest time, used a Canon ADD, which is a big DSLR. He has since switched, I believe, to the A7 III Sony, but that was he, that was his go-to vlogging camera, and he had it on a bendable tripod, one of those little tripods, and that's what he used for the longest time um he broke i can't tell you how many of those just in doing youtube mm. um but the the sony if you want to get into videography the sony a6400 um it's designed for vlogging and the screen actually flips up so you can see yourself and it's a vlogging camera it's the exact same thing as the 65 minus the in-body stabilization it's a phenomenal camera. I actually got to play with one. They're really, really, really nice. And the color science is nice. And if you're shooting wildlife, it has this thing called eye autofocus, where it focuses on the eye versus, like, your face, face detection. Um, I want to try it out with fursuiters and see if it'll actually eye focus on a fursuiter, um, which would be really interesting if it actually worked. Um, but for shooting animals, like wildlife or people, um, humans, It'll capture. It'll focus on the eye, and in photography, the eye is a better place to focus than the face because it creates a sharper image. Believe it or not. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, that's with modern cameras. I know way back with the um, 
the old film style. Is there still the issue with Red Eye? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. That's still a thing. Yep. Red Eye. And there's actually a thing in Lightroom. There's a, there's a feature in Lightroom to fix that. Okay. All right. Pretty simple fix fix now then is it just like a they select do, tool it's just a, it's essentially like a select one photoshop okay they do have the ability in modern cameras to have a red eye detection that's what that little orange light is on the cameras or the orange light that you see it's used for help focusing in red eye it's a specific kind of color of light that fires before you take the picture or something it like times it it's pretty cool okay i don't use it because i don't have issues with it all right yeah i I would imagine on things like fursuits, they probably don't... The red-eye effect probably doesn't happen. Unless you're capturing the eye from underneath the eyes, which would be, yeah, be interesting, too. Some fursuiters I've seen, the mesh, you can actually see their eyes. Uh, if you're up close, you can see the eyes. Okay. But from as far back as you're shooting pictures, you won't see that. All right. um let's see is is there anything else you want to add any like do you have any tips for others tips tricks things yeah, I to do not to do? I, I do i do have a couple tips actually here um so if you're starting out you don't really need an expensive body or kit you don't need the most expensive one out there honestly a canon t rebel t5i t3i uh t7i which the autofocus on that is okay um, even the Sony a6300 are phenomenal cameras to start out with, and they're not that expensive on the uh, used market. Um, good places to get those are like B&H Photo, Adorama through their used market. ProCam over here is a little expensive as far as like if you're going to get used stuff. Getting it online is a lot cheaper. Buying any kind of camera equipment online is a lot cheaper than buying it at a brick and mortar store, usually. Um, if you're looking for lenses, the, the 18 to 55 kit lens is okay as a starter lens, but I highly recommend you get this thing called a Nifty 50, which is just a 50 millimeter prime lens. They're usually uh, 51.8. Um, I have one both on the Canon side and on the Sony side. They're phenomenal. Um, and the Sony one, I have the FE lens. I I take pictures on it, and it looks like it's a $1,000 lens because um, it actually does a really, really, really nice job. Okay. Do you have... To kind of change topics a little bit, I just thought That's about fine. this. Do you oh. have any interest in like the retro style, like shoot and print cameras? Oh, you're talking about the Polaroids. Yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, I've been debating on buying one for a while, actually. Okay, uh, I see they've been making a huge comeback. The hipsters are bringing them back. Yeah, right. Um, Fujifilm makes one. I, I, when I was shooting film, loved using Fuji 400. That was my go-to. Um, Fujifilm's got one that the, the film is cheap and the camera is actually pretty cheap. Um, I think the camera is seventy bucks and the the film is ten bucks for like I think twenty exposures. Okay, but now what about what about like the ink that it uses though? So okay, so do you do you know how those work? I have no idea. So basically, it's an instant exposure camera. So what it's doing is it's it's got its own darkroom inside of the camera okay and when you hit the shutter it basically takes a snapshot of what you're seeing bounces it to the the film film which is the the polaroid yeah you don't strike your polaroid like a polaroid picture either it's not actually good for it um yeah that that's that part of Al- that song by outcast is wrong you don't shake it it's not good for it um but that whole thing is actually film and it develops through the it puts it on there, and then once it pushes it out, it actually develops as it comes through. It'll develop. It's pretty cool. Oh, all right. That's interesting. I I figured it was like inked on there, like a nope. printer for some reason. I don't I don't know why I figured that. That's but. true. That's a true. Um, so if you pulled those out of there and just light, it would actually expose them. It would actually. Yep. It's like photo paper. If you take photo paper out of the special bag that it's in, it'll expose it. Okay. Also with with film, same thing. You take the film out of the. Um, the show, the roll before you expose it to what you're taking pictures of, it'll destroy it. Yeah, it's gonna ruin it. That it's the same know. concept. Yep, that's why they have dark rooms for film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've developed film too. That's that's interesting. Okay, I I was about to ask, would you do you have any oh. interest in going back to a film? Is there any like a pro to doing that? No, because it's very expensive. Okay, shooting film is insanely expensive. All right. I wasn't sure if maybe you got like a higher print quality or you something of the sort. Do, but honestly, modern cameras, forty-two megapixels would trump film, in my opinion. 
Okay. It's cheaper too. Okay. And then just go and get it professionally printed off somewhere. Myers, honestly. Okay. Myers. That's where I get all my prints done. Myers or Costco or like Sam's Club. Okay. Box store. Yeah. Just um. Like that. Camera Mole in Ann Arbor. Um. Shout out to George over there. He's my go-to for a lot of things over there. They're phenomenal. They do all that kind of stuff. Prints and lens. they sell cameras and rent lenses. Most of the lenses I rent, actually, all the lenses I rent are from them. So the ones you see me carrying around at cons, like the 18 or 35 is from there. Um, and there's a guy that works there that's heavily interested in what I'm doing as far as like fursuiting and cosplay. And he loves my work. Like he looks at it and he's like, oh, this is cool. So you can he's... actually rent the equipment too. Yes. You can actually oh. rent cameras and rent lenses. Um, there's a place called borrowlenses.com uh, that rents you camera bodies, lenses, gimbals, anything you need. ProCam over in Canton. They'll rent you stuff. You have to pay full price for it plus the rental fee. So you have to pay whatever it actually costs plus the rental fee. Um, Why would you did, do that instead of buying it? Because if you need it for a shooting or you need it, if you need to do a shooting, you only need to use it once. They do that. But if um, you have to pay the full price anyways, it's a it's like a um, it's like insurance. Like if it's stolen, kind of thing. Oh, do you get it back after you return it? Right. Yeah, it's a they take the fee basically. Okay. They did that okay. because they had somebody I talked to a manager, they had somebody steal like grand stuff. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I I can imagine that. Cam- camera mall where I rent from in Ann Arbor, I just pay them a rental fee. I think it's like sixty bucks every time I rent lines. It's really cheap. Okay. Uh, um, so have you ever used like the rental as like a try before you buy type thing? Yes, that I actually did that with a one of the lenses that had just come out was the Tamron G two seventy two hundred. That is such a nice lens. Um, I actually had an MCFC. I shot some pictures with it. I didn't do much with it because it wasn't working good with the body. But um, that lens, if I if it worked better with the Sony ecosystem, I would buy it. The very sharp, um, very expensive. It's like twelve ninety nine, um, but it's uh, it's a phenomenal lens as far as distance focusing everything on. It's great. Um, if you go up on my Studios, uh, smugmug dot com and you go to my MCFC folder for twenty nineteen, there's some pictures I was shooting of uh, Legend and Toronto. We were outside shooting uh, after the fursuit parade, um, and I shot those with that lens. All right. Um, I'm trying to. Th- Is there anything else you want to add to this? I I think I'm almost out of questions. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help if you are stuck on something. Um, I know a lot of people think that they can figure things out, but in photography, it's a community. It's like the furry community. It's a community of people helping each other. Um, I am somebody who is a huge advocate on do ask me questions or ask me how to do this or have you ever done this or, you know, team up or something. Yeah. Um, if I, if you see me at cons or an event, you know, feel free to say hi, um, or ask if you're stuck, ask me questions, you know, I'm more than willing to help people out. Um, you can also message me on my social. Um, so at Ari Wolf studios on both telegram, Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then I'm slowly going to possibly start a YouTube channel. Um, it's going to be centrically based around photography, um, basically in the furry community, and ways to um, do stuff with, like, cosplay and how different techniques, basically. Um, I'm going to start working on that probably end of the summer. Okay. Um, on the topic of uh, shooting fursuiters, do you ask them before you take yes. their photo okay yeah so it, okay so i'll give you so let's create a scenario let's let's see if we can get this over voice versus being on video um i'm running up to you and i just whip my camera and start taking pictures and then like you're like okay versus if i walk up to say hey can i take your picture and then you would say yeah sure and then i step back take the picture and i usually throw a thumbs up you let you for all the time know that that means I'm good. Okay. Um, but yeah, don't just run up, don't ambush fursuiters because A, they're blind usually. Yep. 
and they won't see you coming, and then they'll, like, bap you or something, because they won't see you, or they go to move. Mm -hmm. Um, don't do that. Um, I'm actually gonna be, I'm also working on a panel, which we'll talk about this, uh, at MCFC. I'm gonna do that next year. Um, and if it works out there, I'm also gonna do it at Yuma. Alright. So, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess... That's all I can think of, unless you have anything else to add, or anything else you want to talk about, for that matter. Um, not really. Not not that I can think of. Um, yeah, not not that I can think of offhand. All right. Well, I thank you for joining me today. It was wonderful talking to you. Yeah, definitely. This is a this was a very good um very good interview. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you ever want to be on again, or if you know anybody else that might want to join for a podcast, just let me know. Same Will with do. any of you listeners out there. If you want to be on another Tale podcast, uh, feel free to shoot me a message on Twitter, Instagram, Discord, uh, anything really. If you guys ever have, if you guys have any questions about anything, for give me a message. Uh, on Telegram, Instagram, and Twitter at our at Ari Wolf Studios. Yep, and I can link your social media in the show notes if you would like me to. That would be awesome. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you everybody for listening in. Yeah, uh, we will catch you guys next time. This has been another Tale Podcast with your host Soul Wisp and my guest Ari Wolf. Thank you for listening. Thanks.